Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his own sweet song. Bites as the addicts suffer a 3-1 reverse on the road at Bolton and Ben Garner gave a pretty honest assessment of where the squad sits now as well. Welcome to Charlton Live. Hello and welcome to Cholton Live on your Sunday, well Sunday afternoon we're recording uh, today. I hope you guys are well. My name is Louis Mendez and uh, joining me uh, to look back at that defeat uh, up at Bolton yesterday, our second league defeat uh, of the campaign and to discuss what I, I thought were really fascinating comments uh, from the manager Ben Garner after. First up is uh, Miss, Mr. Tom Wallinger, fr- fresh off the coach from the, uh, uh, what's it called, the Unibowl Stadium now. Yeah, how you doing? Yeah, not too bad. That was, I, I imagine that was an experience. Uh, do you know what? It wasn't as bad as I was expecting it to be. It was a little bit shorter, although it did break down on the way as well. And uh, looking back, I, part of me wishes it had stayed yeah. broken down and we got stuck in Birmingham. But there we go. I imagine there are a lot of people having breakdowns on the way back. But <laughs> yeah. there we go. And also joining us uh, is a man who I'm sure jumped up and down like Mr. Bean in frustration many, many times yesterday, Nathan. Uh, Nathan Miller, how are you doing? 
Hello, boys. That positivity's gone, isn't it? No, I'm joking. No, yeah. it's all good, mate. Uh, yeah, I was, I was saying on the WhatsApp uh, last night, didn't I? I was jumping up and down and that. And then it got towards like the end and I was just sitting there, just didn't really get emotional over it anymore. It's just knackering me out. But yeah, I'm glad Tom had a nice coach trip. Won't beat the, beat the Rochdale one, though, will it, mate? But um, yeah, I'm glad he no got chance. back in one piece. Yeah, well, <laughs> I didn't nearly get run over yesterday, so that was good. <laughs> Yeah, but no, all good, mate. I, I heard you had a bit of trouble yesterday, Lou, on the train. But oh, no, I, I was back. I was back home at one o'clock in the morning, actually. So it was a long old day. Uh, if I could have clipped that a bit shorter, I certainly uh, would have. Right, so we're going to hear the highlights of uh, yesterday's game uh, shortly. We're of course going to hear that um, post-match interview that I did uh, with the manager Ben Garner. We spoke about the performance. We also spoke about, of course, the fact that the, the transfer deadline uh, closed on Thursday. Those of those of us who stayed up will remember it well to to record a podcast with uh, very little happening. Uh, from the Charlton point of view. So um, I did ask Ben how he felt the the squad is lying now and, and it got a bit of a stir yesterday. I think it was very honest and, and very g- good comments, I thought, from, from Ben Garner. But we'll, we'll discuss that uh, later on as well. We've got your thoughts as well. Um, Tom spoke to a couple of his coach mates on the, on the way back from Bolton for their views uh, on yesterday's game. We've got loads of tweets and emails as well, so plenty to get into. I mean, uh, uh, on the game first, Tom... Started quite well, <laughs> although weirdly, I thought uh, it's not often you'd say it that that much. But I, th- I thought when we went ahead on four minutes, I thought it was against the run of play. I thought Bolton had started reasonably bright, and they reacted really well as well and level very quickly. And then, well, the, the the less said about the rest of that first half in particular, the better. We slightly better after the break, but then conceded another sloppy goal, and and that was that. Yeah, that's that first half is the worst I've seen us all season. Uh, I know a lot of people were very critical of the the first half against Derby, uh, and I was slightly less so. Um, but going to Bolton, I know it's an away day, so it's always maybe a little bit harder. But we were just sloppy. I think was how I described it on Twitter. We were we were just second to everything, every single ball, particularly in that first half, and and just slow and lacked options. All the stuff that we when we're at our best, we do very, very easily. Just wasn't there, really. Um, we looked slow. We looked nervous on the ball. Uh, and Bolton really just looked like they wanted it more. I, I agree with you. I think the goal came against the run of play. And I was saying to the guy I was sat with at the game, if we get an early goal, I think that gives us half a chance and get that early goal. And obviously, the, the complete opposite happened. And I thought in that second half, in possession, we were a lot, lot better. But still had a few chances that obviously we didn't take, which has been one of the stories of the season. But then again, out of possession and defensively, we still just looked so nervous and all over the place. And yeah, it was just one of those days where I just don't think the team were at it at all. Uh, I hope you can just put it down to that and say, do you know what? It was just one of those days, but certainly of the the fledgling career of Ben Garner at Charlton, that's the most disappointed I've been in a performance so far this season. Um, And yeah, it's a uh, it's a difficult one to to try and digest. I think. Mm, yeah, I think uh, Ben certainly disappointed with what his side served up as well. And as I said, uh, he was very honest on the squad, etc. He was also very honest on the performance, which we'll hear in the interview later on. I mean, the, the other big talking point of this show will be those comments um, about the squad. I asked Ben, you know, now the window's shut. Would would top six be an overachievement with what he's got at hand? And he said yes. Um, you know. He, he, says maybe we're still two windows away. Uh, again, we'll dive further into those comments later on in the show, but Nafi, I mean, your, your initial reaction when you saw um, saw that reporting? Um, do you know what? I, I, I Other than what a great like, question. Yeah, apart from whoever that journo was, unbelievable. I'll tell you that now, but um, I bet it was you, wasn't it? <laughs> be but, impressive um, if it turned out it was Aki, wouldn't it? <laughs> 
No, but to be fair, like I, was, I was just saying off air that I actually like the honesty, you know, and I know, I mean, if we look back to Bowie, I know he was very honest and probably a bit too honest sometimes in terms of, you know, the Welshman uh, Johnny Williams um, and Marcus Madison. But I, I like it. I, I think he's entitled to it. And let's have it right. He's paid to do a job and he's going to do that job. And if we don't get the results, you know, he's the one who's going to lose his job. He's the one who's going to get sacked. So I think it's only right and fair that he can have, if he feels that the tools he's been given isn't good enough and he can't do much with it, albeit he's going to have a go, then 100% he should he should say that. He's not he's not called, you know, he's boss Thomas, you know, an idiot or, you know, anything like that. He's just said, from what we have right now, it's going to be an overachievement. And I think the majority of fans would think that because we knew we needed strengthening. Um, and... Leading up to that deadline day, I thought we was going to get to maybe even three. I don't know why. I just had a feeling, and then um, obviously it didn't happen. So I think it's only fair he can give his opinion because, like I say, his head's going to be on the line if we don't achieve what Thomas wants. Mm, and I think uh, I, I've struggled to be certain of where I felt we've sat the entire summer. You know, I've been quite clear. I'm not entirely sure. I've had my feeling, but I think it is fair that the manager can set expectation levels and I think that's part of why he wanted to, to have that conversation yesterday to, to be realistic and um, I, I, he did speak very bluntly I mean even before I'd asked that question he, he had mentioned it shows where we are as a squad currently so um, yeah really really interesting comments from Ben Gunn we've got loads of tweets and stuff on, on that as well but let's have a quick listen back to the highlights of yesterday's game it was I think if a neutral was there I think they would have seen it as quite an entertaining game uh, I thought Bolton were good as well I thought they played a uh, a, a sort of really in-your-face aggressive brand of football. But let's have a listen then uh, to the highlights uh, of the game uh, from Charlton TV, where the commentator was Terry Smith. Rakseki on the right-hand side. Johnson lets the ball bounce. It's going to cost him. Rakseki touches it round him. He's into the penalty area backwards. And it's an opening goal for the Annex. Fraser meets it on the edge of the six-yard box. Superb work by Rakseki to keep that ball alive. That was sent into the right-hand corner of the penalty area. Johnson allowed it to bounce. And in doing so, allowed Raksaki to just nip in, touch the ball past him, and the ball back across. Fraser met on the first time shot. And the Addicts have a lead in the opening three and a half minutes. Terence has gone straight to Clayton, trying to ride a tackle. Manages one, not the second one, though. Bolton have it back. Thomason in the centre circle. Running forward with it, goes to his left-hand side. Ball into, delivered into the box. Wallacott comes. Charles gets out and equalises. to the left-hand side and see who the crosser was. I don't know if it's a mix-up between Lavelle and Wallacott. But Wallacott outstretching with his left hand, couldn't get there. And Charles running in, it almost hit him. It was uh, Erdell with the cross. But it's all square here after... Nine and a half minutes. Two Charlton players, but he's managed to get the ball through to the centre on just a, over the bar from Lee, I think that is. A shot from the edge of the area. And Bolton can come forward into the centre circle. Thomason. With Fraser trying to pursue him, but Thomason still in possession. Outside of him is Erdell. Claire looking for the sliding tackle. Erdell avoids it and then hits the side netting with the shot. Touch into Dobson. Again, Lee all over him. 
back to O'Connell. That's a lovely ball to Morgan on the left-hand side. He's got Akers are supposed to run into. Stockley in the box, Raksaki joining him. Takes a shot! Morgan palmed away by Trafford. Super move from Charlton down the left-hand side. It was a lovely ball to find Morgan Charlton in space. Right, he's gone beyond clear towards the penalty area. Clear. Loses out the ball, drag back. A header comes in from Thomason on the cross. Straight to Wollacott. Charlton almost undone. Little Good roll out to, to Bradley. Turns away from Clayton. Outside of him is Jones. Jones with Dobson coming across. Can't get there. Bolton have scored. Ball across. A little scuffed cross. And then another touch from Bradley. And this time Lee finishes. And the home side of 2-1 up. With four minutes left and a half to go. Heads it back to Johnson. That is the last action of this first half. Outside, all inside to Bradley. Dobson gets something on it and Charlton have it back. Clayton finds Morgan, looks to switch it across to Raksaki. Up against Johnson once more. Right corner of the penalty area. Raksaki looking to take him on. Beats him once. Shot saved away by Trafford. Williams heads it clear. Only as far as Morgan. Back to Fraser. Fraser with Raksaki inside. Raksaki up against Erdell. Edge of the penalty area. Shapes the shoot. Does so. Saved by Trafford. And then grasps it in a second attempt before Stockley can get there. Good move from Charlton. Finds Morgan inside of him. Morgan, lovely ball to Fraser. Fraser, Raksaki out to his right-hand side. And all. Oh, it's taken late, Fraser, but Raksaki has possession. Into the penalty area. Can he finish? Oh, just goes wide of the post. There's a booking coming for a Bolton player here on that tackle from on Fraser. Right everybody. Goal side. It's a short ball into the uh, to, into the corner. Charles and a ball across. Tack time by Johnson. And across the six-yard box. Charlton didn't read the runner. Charles into the corner of the six, the penalty area. His ball across. And Lyon looked to get there. He didn't. Nordy a red shirt and went all the way across and Johnson poked it home. The home side have a 3-1 lead here. Sharp the throw, but uh, it might be too late to do anything about it because the referee will call time here at the University of Bolton Stadium. And it's finished 3-1 to the home side. Thank you very much to El Tell there for the uh, the commentary from Charlton TV yesterday. Thanks as always to Glove Pup for the recording. Um yeah, the game chat then, Tom. Um, yeah, it's, it, it wasn't great in the first half. And, and that, that that was probably one of the more worrying first halves we saw. And I, I do think that Bolton played a part in that because I think I think they counted what we would want to do. Like, we, we weren't able to settle on the ball. We weren't able to play our goal kick short. You know, they, they, they didn't let us do what we want to do. And we were unable to find a way around that. And, and we, we clearly were unsettled. Now, Ben Garner says we didn't do what we're supposed to do well enough. My my theory is I do wonder if a little bit, to an extent, Bolton found out how to counter what we want to do in the first place. Yeah, they pressed very well uh, into our half. And, and as you say, that made it difficult. I think if that's going to happen, you need people like Fraser and Morgan to be very, very comfortable on the ball and confident because they know when they get the ball to feet facing their own goal, they're probably going to have someone breathing down the back of their neck. Uh, and they looked slightly off it. Uh, I thought Dobson in that first half was very, very quiet. One of the quietest games he's had for a while. And then I thought we tried to counter that by by starting to go long. And Jaden Stockley's become this enigma of a question this season already. But we were lumping it up to him, which in some ways can work because he's a target man. 
But Raksaki and, and Kirk were very, very rarely near him. So if he didn't win it, he started to get, you know, slagged off from, from the stands. If he did win it, he was flicking it on to, to nobody because the other players weren't close. I think their fullbacks did a very good job as well of getting up and down the pitch. So the outlets over the back of their fullbacks to Kirk and Raksaki running on didn't really work. And I think what they did in counter to that was Sean Clare is quite exposed by Raksaki. He's a, he's a young player. He's, he's not quite got the tracking back that, that Kirk was doing on the other side to support Clayden. And they were sending a lot of diagonal balls over the back of Clare and forcing him backwards. Um, and obviously, I think he's done well at right back, but he's not a natural there. And that was where they got a lot of their joy. But for us, there just didn't seem to be space anywhere. As I say, we tried to go through the middle and we got hounded out. We tried to go long, direct up the middle. Stockley tended to lose that battle. And if we tried to go out wide and down the flanks, we were kind of getting shunted out that way as well. And we just didn't really seem to have any options in that first half. Um, and, and as you say, I think that was partly down to us uh, and, and a lack of confidence and some sloppiness in possession, uh, but largely down to Bolton countering that. Uh, and I saw you post it on, on uh, Twitter about, you know, is have... Are we that easy to find out? I, I don't think we are. I think there is a way, even if teams do press you like that, to get through that. But you have to be confident and you have to move the ball fast. And yesterday we didn't do that. Mm, yeah, we saw, I mean, the, the possession stats in the first 15 minutes were quite startling. We'd had 35% of the ball. And I, I, always, I always look at that possession stat now because when we went to, obviously I wasn't at Atkinson, when we went to Sheffield Wednesday, and, and to an extent when we went to Wickham, uh, albeit there, there was a, an early exchange of goals in that game as well, I think it gave us a much better foothold in the early part of the game and we certainly didn't wrestle any of that momentum uh, yesterday up at Bolton despite the fact that we we, we did open the scoring. Um, I mean, we'll talk about the defending first, I think, before we go on to... There, there were a couple of good things. Pretty much all of them came from one man, actually. But um, d- defensively, and all three goals came from, from wide areas. Um, all three goals Ben Garner not happy with and you can see why the first one, um, the, the cross comes in from the far side. I don't, I don't know if... Lavelle sort of put Wallacott off a little bit or vice versa but certainly Wallacott came out and got nowhere near it and uh, I've seen photos of him going over to the away end at the end and uh, almost apologising holding his hand one hand up and one hand to his chest in a in a gesture to apologise for you'd assume his his part in that goal um the second one I mean it was it Kieran Lee who put it in it was three of them who could have put it in completely unmarked we got ripped open uh, down our left-hand side too easily. They had so much space for, I think it was Charles to put the cross in, if I remember rightly. Um, and like I say, there was two or three of them who could have put that away. And the third one, goodness me, uh, as telegraphed a free kick as you're going to see. Uh, and, and still we didn't deal with it and, and they put it in. So Nathan, um, I, I, I can only imagine that you weren't too pleased with that defensive work. <clears throat> yeah, I, I did use some colourful language yesterday, um, which I won't repeat, but it was a real it kick in the balls a... out sort of defensive work sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it was a yeah, a bit of a, a bit of a kick in the nuts to be fair. But um <laughs> Yeah, no, it was it was awful. Like it was so bad. Like defensive which is do you know what, like there's been times this season where I think we've done really well, you know, re- and looked solid, concentrated, but that seemed to we just lacked belief yesterday. We lacked leadership, I think, in that cent- in the central um defensive positions. We we didn't seem like we were communicating like you were saying with with Wallacott doing that, uh, tracking runners, and like and you said something earlier, it was too easy. It was it was pro- Do you know what? That's probably one of the easiest three points Bolton will get this season. I really do think that because we made it so easy. They controlled the game, 
and that every ball seemed to go through. And and they were their progressive passes. They were going through on goal, and they they had complete control. Um, and then we just seemed to be at all at sea for all of them. And there were some bits, like you say, the third goal, um, the second one, which was the cross. It was just like they're better. The, the thing is, it's frustrating because I know they're better than that, and we all know they're better than that. But yesterday, it just seemed everything that could go wrong defensively did. Um, and I don't know if I'm too much of a you know positive person, but hopefully that's all of those rubbish sort of goals um, all in one game. I know we'll concede more, but the way that we conceded them yesterday was the disappointing thing for me, I think. Yeah, I mean, there has been moments this season where we've let in goals that we certainly should have done better with. Um, and, and again, I mean, it was a vulnerability we had last season under Jacko when we were playing that free, free at the back. We down down our, our sort of wide areas. And, and again, we've seen that a bit today because obviously... We play a four at the back now, but Clayden uh, and Claire are encouraged to get further forward. And I think we've been caught out a couple of times there. Um, yeah, we, we should speak about the, the, the player who was once again outstanding yesterday uh, in Jez Raksaki. I mean, the work for the goal in, in, the, in, in the opening four minutes was just remarkable. He had absolutely no right to win that, let alone turn it into an assist. Um, and he had two or three good chances. I-, I think he'll be frustrated that he didn't score at least one of those chances in the second half, Tom. But um, it- 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 we-, we-, we can't go without mentioning how good he has been for us. Um, you know, and uh, as I've reiterated throughout the season, I mean, the Chelsea youth system where he, he started his career, they-, they should be applauded for that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's a wonder that they ever got rid of him, um, if we're going to even acknowledge that, to be honest. Because, yeah, he's looked absolutely brilliant and... As you say, again, the the work for the goal, first of all, brilliant. And then in the second half, there were two or three opportunities he had. And I agree with you. I think he would have expected to score at least one of them. Um, But he was always an outlet for us. And I'm going to come across as really negative here. But my one concern is that we're just going to start to play it to him every single time. And, you know, he's a youngster. He's going to be targeted. And... There's definitely aspects to his game he needs to learn. He does need to learn to track back. He needs to learn to be a little bit stronger. But he's young and he's learning. And he, he's such an outlet for us and such an option. Uh, so, so dangerous. And I think it exposes Charlie Kirk a little bit in terms of his performance. Because I thought the Plymouth game, OK, I know we battered them. But I thought Kirk looked quite good, quite confident. I felt like he was starting to build a couple of performances. Since Raksaki's come in and started to hit the ground running I'm a little bit concerned that Kirk doesn't look anywhere near as good and I don't know if Kirk's performance actually has dropped or if it's just when you compare the two and I just worry that as I say therefore we're going to just use Raksaki more and that's going to become a bit of an issue but in terms of individual performance as you say he can certainly leave that pitch with his head held high and I thought Clayden as well again did a good job and his energy was there but apart from that there wasn't really much to smile about yesterday. Mm, but he, he did get caught out with, with the goals, Clayden, again. It is partly, you know, it comes down to a, a left winger who's very young, playing at left back, I guess, Nathan, that, that doesn't help. Because, the, the, as we said, the, 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 there's, um, you know, a little bit of square pegs in round holes in, in terms of Clayden there. But there's also, you know, Tom mentioned a player I wanted to mention, actually, Kirk. I, I think... I think he probably almost has regressed a little bit to to the player we saw last season in the last couple. I think that's fair, um, you know. And, and we've already spoken about Stockley looking so isolated, which doesn't help. Um, you know, not not everything coming off for Albi yesterday when he had his good chance in the in, in the first half. He had a lot of time to think about it, but then did fire quite a, a high central shot at the keeper. 
uh, when perhaps he could have done a bit better. There, there, there are individual performances that aren't stacking up at the moment, as well as things that aren't working for the team as a whole, like the Jaden Stockley looking really isolated thing. And just like the fact that, you know, defensively, even though both Lavelle and O'Connell at times put in good, strong blocks from shots, but positionally there were too many free shots inside our penalty area for, for Bolton for us to be happy with. Yeah, exactly. And I think as much as, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Kirk and I, you know, I want him to do really well, but I think it'd be hard to argue against the fact that he has probably regressed a little bit. Um, he's came, he, you know, he came here. He was a big fish in a small pond at Crew, granted, but he's a game changer naturally, and and he's not really hit those heights yet. And it's disappointing to see because I thought he stunk the place out a little bit yesterday. I thought it was. It, it reminded me of a game when we played Lincoln away last year when he played, um, and he was just awful. Um, maybe it was just, he just had an off day. I don't know, but as you say, there were a lot of players off the pace yesterday who didn't really turn up and. On the point that you know you were saying about Jez earlier, the thing that worries me the most at the moment is if you look consistently over the season, our two better players is Jez, who's a young kid from Palace, and Miles, both kids. And I think I know Scotty Fraser's popped up and he's had good games, and Morgan's had a couple of good games here and there. But consistently, Jez, every time Jez has played, he's done something the same as Miles. And I think that's what's worrying a little bit um, that we've got kids who are who ain't going to be able to do that every week. Um, and we've got to try and build a consistency now in in terms of what defensively we do. And as you said, Clayden, paying out position, that's why I'm not going to batter him too much because he's doing a job there, but we're still there without a natural left back. It's insane. It is insane. And I think we lose a little bit of the balance um, now that, you know, Cess is out. Um, even though he's right-footed, he's, he can play left back. But yeah, Clayden offers you energy, but he's going to make mistakes and he's still learning his interview he said well that you know he's still learning from Marshall in terms of his defensive positioning and everything else yeah just a couple of stats before we we go into the Ben Garner interview then so um, winless in three two points from the last possible nine only two wins in our seven league games so far this season only two defeats as well it's been a a middling start now I think it's uh, having played only top half teams which needs to be brought into the uh, the equation as well Uh, and bear in mind we are about to talk about Ben Garner's comments about top six being overachieving but results wise we are we are middling you know performances particularly earlier on in the season I, I will argue the last three have all been flat to different extents uh, we've seen glimpses, but we haven't got the results to back it up just yet. Tom, is is, is it... Pre- I'm not going to say it's a concern. I think, realistically, it's probably how we thought it would go. Pretty much, I think. Yeah, let's uh, let's wait and hear what Ben Garner says and talk a little bit about the expectations and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think things like the Plymouth game and the win against Derby, albeit we were largely the, on the back foot for a lot of that game. You know, you beat a team that come down like Derby and it's very easy to go, oh, here we go. And then, as I say, batter another team and you think, all right, okay. Um, But I think we're going to have bad days in the style. You know, we're we're very committed to the way we're going to play uh, and that's not always going to work. And I I think, unfortunately, we're going to have to accept that as to an extent. Um, The Cambridge and Wickham games certainly were very flat. I thought yesterday was, was worse than that and obviously the result sort of backs that up. But... I'm not overly worried. I definitely think we're a top to middle top sort of team, probably. Um, but I did have some confidence that we might push for the top six. Uh, and I don't necessarily have that confidence at the moment. But hopefully that's just a bit of short-term pessimism. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention 
on the game yesterday, which again will come up in the fans bar bit as well, was the the lack of subs. We talked about the lack of energy um, in the, particularly in that first half. You got someone like Jack Payne. He's going to introduce energy. Whatever happens, there's going to be energy there. Didn't come on, I don't think, at all. Uh, Corey, we, we talked about how bad Kirk was and, and Nathan in particular, particularly scathing of him. Why is he not just coming off at half-time? Uh, if he's giving him five minutes at the start of the second half to prove it, well, he didn't, so so drag him off. Um, uh, and same with Miles. You know, We brought Miles on and it was kind of a... Not quite a like-for-like, like, if you like, but you move him out wide. But you think, OK, we've tried that two up top on on Wednesday night with the the Papa Johns. Why not try him and Stockley up there? Because, again, Stockley's becoming a question every week. I don't think he's a bad striker. I saw someone say this on Twitter earlier. He's not a bad striker. It's just that this formation isn't working for him in terms of goals. So I, I like Ben Garner and I like how he started. But I think there's questions there about his late decision-making yesterday. How much of a difference it would have made, we won't know. But mm. it was a strange one. Yeah, I do have a theory that I think if Blackett Taylor could have played more than 10 minutes, I think he would have been introduced earlier. He'd probably be an ease back. Yeah, Payne, I understand. The only thing I would, the only thing I'd guess I'd say is uh, he certainly doesn't bring physicality. Uh, and if at any point he's trying to burst through that, those monsters at the back for, for Bolton, all three of them were absolute units. And again, we have to um, con- congratulate their, their big defender Santos for for another very good performance um, then, then maybe that would have been a difficult one but yeah there's no, no early subs yesterday certainly right let's hear what Ben Garner has to say then obviously this does include that clip uh, that we've all been talking about in, in the last 24 hours or so uh, with the, the state of the squad and, and um, uh, the overachievement it would be if we were to get into the top six so keep your ear out for that uh, but first of all of course I asked Ben Garner uh, for his thoughts uh, on the performance up at Bolton yesterday uh, disappointed overall um... Um, obviously we start the game well when we score a really good goal and then from the for the rest of the first half we just it just wasn't us we didn't uh, we didn't commit to the way we play we didn't commit enough to what we'd worked on all week uh, with and without the ball and we conceded two really really poor goals um, so uh, disappointing first half fantastic response second half for the first 20-25 minutes of the second half that was us um, we had a really good spell we had some good opportunities um, and then we concede an, an equally poor third goal, which which you know, killed the game off effectively. So um, probably a little reality check of where we are um, in terms of squad depth and in terms of the amount of work we need to do on the training ground. Yeah, I mean, it's Bolton control possession in that early stage, and that's not something we've seen from your team so far this season. That sort of changed what you felt you had to do today? No, I mean, we. it's probably the first time since first half derby at home where we, we didn't commit to how we play and what we do and um, if you do that if you play with fear rather than bravery that's what happens and uh, you know we were 2-1 down because we didn't commit and didn't show enough courage to play our game and that needs to be um, a lesson taken on from all of us it's my responsibility but we uh, yeah uh, we have to commit to how we're going to play and what we're going to do if it's not good enough and we get beat having a go I'd rather accept that and sleep well at night rather than that first 45 minutes, I, yeah, I won't sleep well with. Yeah, I mean, where do you think that fear on the ball came from today? Because it's not something we've seen a lot, but it was, it was quite evident today. Yeah, maybe going ahead so early, maybe that, maybe that changed things a little bit. Um, I don't know, but uh, no, it's a really good response, second half. Really good response. Um, actually looked like us, actually looked like what we'd worked on. And we got control in the game, which is difficult to do here. They're a good side. They've... Uh, uh, you know, I was speaking to Ian at the end of the game there. You know, it's taken him three windows to, to build this squad, and they've got a really strong squad now. 
think they lost three or four games here last year. But to go one up and then concede in the manner that we did completely changed the dynamic of the game. So um, certainly points dropped from that perspective for going ahead. And we all need to uh, we all need to address it. We all need to respond in the right way. You mentioned you felt it was poor goals that were conceded. Would you think your side could have done better with that? A lot. There's a there's a lot of um, there's a lot of errors within the goals. There's a lot. There's not just one or two mistakes. There's three or four in some of them. So um, yeah, we we tracking runs, doing the basics, working hard in the game. We gave the ball away needlessly for one of the goals, and then we switched off from a set piece that we knew was coming. We knew it was coming. Scott Marshall chatted on the pit 15 seconds before it actually happened. What was going to happen? And um, and we conceded from it. So, uh, yeah, a, a lot was wrong. And um, they're not great goals that have been scored against us. It was our uh, it was our problems that gave them the goals. And that's um, that's something that we, we haven't had this season. We've, we've been pretty solid. And, um, and we've looked good. I think we haven't conceded more than one goal since Accrington away. Um, but that today wasn't wasn't levels where it should be, and it's my responsibility to make sure that it is next week. Yeah, well, you mentioned you're not happy with the defender, but with, with, with the opening goal specifically, Owen seems to be appealing perhaps for a handball. Was, have you seen that back? I haven't seen it back. It, it, yeah, I, I, whether it was handball or not, um, I don't know. I don't think it was. The full official said it wasn't. Um, yes, yeah, so I, I don't know. I thought there was a foul in, on Charles in the build-up to the first goal. Um, again, haven't seen it back, but it looked, it looked like he came through the back of Charles to win the ball. But we should still recover and do better than what we did. So there's no excuses on our part today. Um, the better side won. And we have to roll our sleeves up and come back fighting next week. If there is one player we're going to be talking about every week, it seems it's going to be Jezrak Saka. I mean, what performance, particularly in that second half, he, he could have had a hat-trick and unlucky perhaps not to get at least one. Yeah, Jez, for, for a young lad, is doing um, fantastically well. And I, I thought it was some really good performances second half. Scott Fraser was excellent as well. Um, and it, you get to know people and you get to know the team and when the chips were down there the ones that fight and roll up their sleeves that tells me a, a lot about their character and as a group um, starting with me we have to accept responsibility for today we have to um, identify how we can improve and then we need to work hard to make sure that it happens Is there a danger that Bolton sort of worked out how to play against Charlton Star today they were quite, quite in your faces early on when you are on the ball No because I don't think we played the way we should have done first half I think when we did second half we were good and um, we, we created numerous opportunities in that sort of 25-minute period at the, at the start of the second half. So um, I think it was, uh, we've got to take responsibility. We didn't play the way we should have done and the way that we can do. Um, and that allowed them to play the way that they did. Yeah, you mentioned about the squad depth, obviously the, the window shut. Now, obviously you had, you had your disappointment, which, which we heard about during the week. I mean, how, how do you see your, your squad now? Is it one that you think could challenge at the top end of the table that's the top six at least it, the key is going to be we haven't got a big squad the key is going to be keeping people fit we need, we need to get some of our injured players back as quickly as possible because we are light in numbers at the moment and um, we'd have liked to add one or two more I think that would have given us um, a lot more depth within the squad and a lot more competition we weren't able to, to do that and um, these players have done great so far we've had a disappointment today um, but they, they're given everything and we've been stretched on numbers and there's players that have been thrown in at the deep end a little bit and they've, they've equipped themselves really well. But we know that we've still got a long way to go and a lot of work to do. Yeah, I mean, we spoke earlier in the season about how you'd like to almost overachieve for your budget. Knowing how the squad yeah. is now, would, would top six be an overachievement? Yeah, I think it would. Listen, we've had one window. Uh, we haven't spent any money. We've made a profit in transfer fees. Um, we're not going to jump from 13th to winning the league. I have to be realistic and uh, we, we want to put foundations in place and... Like I said, at the end of the window, we probably need another two windows to get the squad 
where we would be happy with in terms of the strength and the depth that we want. Um, but we always want to be optimistic. We always want to try and overachieve. And we need to do that with um, yeah, work, preparation, uh, constant improvement, constant drive to get better. And we'll make sure that we keep doing that. We've had a tough start. So we've had a, a, you look at the teams we've played, um, we, we've had a, a tough run of games. So uh, we've got two home games coming up now. Home form's been good. We need to show a bit of character and a bit of quality to bounce back. Yeah, reaction against Exeter, I guess, is the most important thing at this point. Yeah, absolutely. We were, we were disappointed to lose at Sheffield Wednesday early in the season because we played really well. But we had a good response since then. Um, this is the first time we've, we've lost since. We need to do that again now. We have to have a good response. We need to show character. Um, and we also need to make sure that we, we play our game in every minute of every game. And the home crowd's been a big part of that as well. Your, your home form this season has been very good. It's been great. And um, I think we, this is probably the first game uh, we, we have deserved to lose today. But we deserved uh, something probably more at Wickham. We definitely deserved something at Sheffield Wednesday and we could easily have won the game at Atkinson. So the away form, I know we've only picked up two points, hasn't been too bad. We, we should have picked up more points. Um, but the home form's been great. We want to keep doing that. We want to keep building. And then we need to win games away from home to, to get more momentum into, into the points. Thank you. Thank you. Um, hi, Ben. Obviously, uh, deadline day was disappointing. But how confident are you that Charlton will be where yourself and the owners want them to be by January? So when you can get new, new reinforcements and push on. So how confident are you of top six by then? Well, we've got to work hard to, to do that. You know, there's a, there's a lot of big clubs in this division and, um, and there's a lot of good squads. We've got to... Uh, We've got to work, as I said many times in this, this interview here, we've got to work really hard on the training ground. That's where we've got to, to improve and develop. We can't go externally and get help. Um, we, we have to do it ourselves. You know, We have to do it by developing, by improving. Um, and if we can do that and, uh, and play the way that I know that we can, we, we can push up and be at the top end in this division. Um, but that's going to take a lot of hard work from every single person at the football club. And we have to keep laying foundations so that we can move forward. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierces there. Bowers there. And it's done. Yeah! Oh, it's gone. Oh, Patrick Barr.
Charlton Live. Oh, welcome back to Charlton Live. Uh, Louis Mendez, Nathan Miller and Tom Wallin looking back at yesterday's 3-1 defeat uh, up at the Unibar. We just heard there from the Addicts boss, uh, Ben Garner, a uh, frank and honest assessment of the performance and also of where we sit as a squad. So I asked um, Ben, um, you know, we, we, we spoke earlier on in the window about trying to work out where we are as a budget because as Ben did say at that time as a rule of thumb your budget generally tells you roughly where you'd expect to finish obviously if it was exactly that then football would be boring but it's a good indicator of roughly where you're going to finish um so I asked him now that so yeah yeah that that was if we were to get into like uh, the upper reaches of the table we'd have to overachieve now that the dust has settled on the squad the the uh, transfer window closing. I also wanted to know where he felt at this point would getting in the top six be an overachievement. He said, yes, you know, he said uh, we've only had one window together. Um, you know, he's talking about how Ian Everett's side have, have been built over the course of three or four windows. Um, and, and we're not really there yet. Uh, whether we're going to become there over the next couple of years is, I guess the question, because I mean, it's been quite clear that the, the the, the the club is cost cutting, you know that that's part of it. So I don't really understand how that fits in with what we want to do going forward, Nathan. I mean, can you see, can you see us in two or three windows? Don't forget, players will leave as well as join in that time. Can you see us being in a position if we continue down the path that we're on currently? Um, it's difficult to argue for that. Um, I mean, yeah, the 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 kit that the balance you've got to try and strike is obviously everyone wants to get promoted, which is where obviously more commercial revenue and stuff is get that. But at the same time, you've still got to be competitive and try and make a fist of it in League One. Um, you can cost cut and you can try to do things on the cheap, but you know you buy cheap, you pay twice or whatever you know the, the saying is. But I feel, I feel a bit sorry for um, Ben because I don't think when he when he would have signed, I'd, you know, if he envisaged. The, the the investment that we had early doors. I mean, the early the early part. I thought, okay, yeah, okay, we we're doing good now, and you can see that you can see the strategy and you can see the sort of players we're getting in, and then it sort of all dried up, um, and then we sort of waited to the end of the window, and I just sort of thought, or well, maybe you know we we know the targets, but we're going to try and go in last minute to try and um, you know try and get players cheaper, which is fine. That's economical. That makes sense, but. If you know if the rumours are true and you know, that we were going to try and get Macaulay Bond and and all that sort of stuff, um, I just look at it and go, well, that's not something that's, that's not a, like a last minute signing. That seemed like a panic one to me, just to get someone in the door. But um, I, I just can't say if you if you're not going to invest in the team, then right, okay. But then it just it just begs the question: Well, why would you come out originally and say? Five years going the Premier League. You're talking about Steve Parrish and all that, saying we're going to be there in X amount. Of, and I, it's like you've walked the walk. You know, what I mean, you talk the talk, but you've got to walk the walk now. And it's like he said it, and it to me, it's like he's sitting back and going, "Oh, I feel like a bit of a div now because I, ain't, I, I ain't got like the capabilities. Yeah, you, know, you ain't got the facilities for it, big man. Do you know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah. That, and, that, and that's the that's what I'm thinking now. And I think he's looking at it, going, oh, "I don't know if I can do that. Mm. I, really I mean, don't I think I can do it." I said reality bias at the top of the show, um, Tom. Um, and I, I think that there's there's more than one meaning to that, I think, in terms of reality sort of hitting home now. You know, not just for 
us fans who are trying to work out where this squad is. You know, there's still fans who are saying, no, we can get playoffs with this squad. But you know, Ben Garner's saying it will take an overachievement. That's not ruling it out, by the way. There's a couple of people who said, oh, he's writing the season off. I don't think he's done that. I think when you listen to those quotes and when you read them, he, that, that's not what he's saying. He's going to take some positivity forward. But you've got to be realistic. But also, in terms of reality hitting for Thomas, you know, this summer has seen, I think it's fair to say, has seen a clear change in his strategy. Um you know there was money spent in previous windows. There, there, there has clearly been you know cost cutting. There's no no money spent in terms of transfer fees. Obviously, he has still um, had to, you will also have to pay the wages for the people that have come in. Uh, there's been staff gone. You know that's been a big discussion this summer. Um, reality seems to have hit him right in between the eyes uh, to see how difficult it is to get out of League One and how much it can cost him. And and now he's sort of stuck in this weird in between place where he's brought in a project manager. And you need the tools to finish your project because Ben Garner, from what we've seen, it's early days, but he did well with Swindon. And you feel if he does give you a bit of confidence that he could do something over a, a year or two, if needs be, if backed. Um, so it, it just feels like a breakdown in policy where we've done we've done that part. That's that's good actually. I'd argue that's a good move. But now we're not funneling enough money in to to make it work for him, and therefore it's almost like a a breakdown in what we're trying to achieve. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I think when he came in and he said his, his Premier League in five years and stuff, I think we all took that with a pinch of salt because he's a bit uh, of a maverick and he you know, he likes the limelight and he, he's clearly got an ego on him. And I think we were like, OK, you know, it seems unlikely, but if that's what he's saying, I'm certainly not going not gonna to knock it straight away. Um, and then those first couple of seasons, you know, it didn't quite work and we were prepared to give him a pass for various reasons. Uh, but I think he's had enough transfer windows now, Thomas, to, to identify a strategy. And I think what you're saying is right. I'm, it's difficult to work out exactly what his strategy is now because if it's purely just break even, that's all he wants to do is break even. Well, then why bring in a project manager, the sort of manager that will walk away if he's not backed in the way he needs to be? Why would you not just bring somebody in who will just you know, tread the tread the line and is happy to accept whatever. Um, if he's going down that line of having a, a project manager and someone who's building something over years, which I think Ben Garner is more than capable of doing, for the sake of an extra few thousand, why wouldn't you go and get him, what, the one or two parts of his jigsaw that he's probably missing? Uh, because I don't think if we got another striker and another centre-back, that would guarantee us promotion. But I think then you put... Ben Garner in a place where you say well do you know what I've given you all the tools now if you can't achieve it that's very much up to you but we saw the same with Jacko, didn't we with the, the short-term contract he had and the sort of conditions that were around his contract in terms of finishing positions and I just think at the moment his strategy comes across as extreme cost cutting and potentially hanging managers out to dry and that's a difficult combination and you know, there was some chants about Sangard yesterday. I know, obviously, on social media, which is not a measure of every Charlton fan, but people are, are certainly unhappy about him. I think overall, he's probably still just about in credit, although there's some decisions recently, obviously, you know, that we know per more personally that we're not happy with. But I, I think on the whole, he is very close to being a, a good owner. I, I just think that there are a couple of things that are preventing him doing that. Uh, probably himself, and that's... That's what but worries, isn't, me. It worries it me. Isn't partly his entire like way of how he wants to do things now is is ultimately going to be his downfall because you can't yeah. you can't get out of League One breaking even. That that's you can't 
massively increase your revenues in League One. It just simply won't happen. Yeah, and and that's, uh, I guess, what I'm getting to is if he just wants to break even, you probably can find a way to do it and sit 19th or 18th every season. You might get away with that. But fans aren't going to be happy. The club aren't going to be happy. And your manager certainly isn't going to be happy. To really look at breaking even, you're going to have to accept a few years of, of more spending, which is why the whole football system as a whole is kind of broken. But that's what you have to accept. And if you've already done that for a couple of years, be it loans or be it giving the club the money or whatever, why not just... It feels like the money he would have to put in now to give us a real chance at promotion is nothing like he's been spending so far. And if you get all of that right, you start playing the good football, you start bringing players in, Ben Garner brings a philosophy, we start pushing up the table. All of that other stuff will start to fall into place. And championship, possibly you can break even. And ultimately, Premier League is where you're going to get it. But without putting that early investment in, you're going to struggle. And that's not me saying you're the owner, I expect you to put 20 or 30 million pounds in a year. That's me saying you've bought a football club, you need to know what it involves. And I just think there's some naivety there from him. And uh, yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see what he does next sort of publicly about all of this, because he has been quite open with the fans to a point, And I wonder if it it's something that he will address now. Mm, I think like, right. we've, uh, we've, on, just, uh, just, just on that, like, and we've talked about break it. Tom made some great points and, you know, obviously I, I look at it quite a lot in terms of, you know, what he's, he comments and stuff. And, you know, Rick Everett is, knows a lot about football finances and stuff and he even said he he was saying that you know it's more or less impossible not impossible but more very very unlikely that you're going to break even in league one because of the finances surrounding it so and at the moment like you like you were saying at the beginning you could see the policy whereas now it seems to be dwindling and i think the saying is you know a dream without a plan is just a wish and i think that's what we're going down to at the moment is that he had this dream and now he's sort of waking up from that dream realizing that that dream isn't going to be, he's not going to be able to fulfill that dream because it's just, you know, it's just a wish. And listen, I hope it does work for him because you know what? He's actually not too bad. He's actually a nice person to speak to and whatever else, albeit he's made some bad decisions, 100%. But I don't dislike the guy. I just think sometimes you've got to back, if you say something, you've got to back it up. Um, And I think that's where, where the problem is at the moment. Yeah, you've got lots of lovely quotes with you today now. If you're reading these off a little bit of paper, like David Brent. Um... No, do you know what? I'm I'm very uh, very positive. Like, I'm looking at it now. I have, do have a quite a lot of quotes above my uh, my little office. So in yeah. my office, I've got loads of little positive quotes. Cause I used live, to be laugh, laugh, and be. Ha- Does it live, love, laugh, and be happy? You've got tattooed on you. On my <laughs> tattooed where? I, I wasn't. I wasn't going to guess. Yeah, hey, well, <laughs> no, it's I, not on my bum, don't I? <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not going to fit elsewhere. Right. Let's uh, let's have a look at some of these messages. We've got loads of messages that are coming up. It's going to be one of those shows, I think, where we don't quite get to all the tweets uh, that have come in because we've had loads. But make sure you have a look in our mentions uh, at Chat on Live uh, on Twitter. There's loads of really good discussion in there. But I'll, I'll, get, I'll bring you some of them um, on on the game and on, of course, the. Um, the comments by Ben Garner yesterday. Uh, Big Tone said, Bolton did their homework and stopped us playing. They didn't give us time on the ball, closed us down, uh, didn't allow us to play. Our game forced us into mistakes. Stockley uh, needs a partner that can get in behind and run into the channels. It's going to be one of those mediocre seasons, I think, lads. Uh, That's from Big Tone. Phil's saying, uh, by the sounds of things, we were pretty poor. Uh, For our manager to effectively write off our season with less than 10 games played is a damning indictment uh, of uh, Thomas Sangard and his ownership of the club. Yes, he saved the club from administration, uh, but both uh, Bolton and Wigan came through that okay. He failed to get Cat one status for the academy. uh, And if Garner is correct, he's going to fail to get us out uh, from promotion uh, into 
uh, the championship up until uh, this week. I've backed him, but I've lost faith in the ownership after the shambles of Thursday. Uh, he's overpromised, out of his depth. It's easy to run a football club. Obviously, it isn't, uh, Thomas. That's from Phil. Uh, and finally, Alan said on yesterday's game, I uh, can't remember the last time we scored that early. Yeah, well, it would be interesting to look up that stat. It was a great start. Um, it was a million miles, though, uh, off the Wimbledon, uh, off the uh, Sheffield Wednesday and Plymouth performances after that. The team peaked itself because uh, of injuries and the lack of depth um, uh, on Ben. And he said, on Ben's comments yesterday, uh, we know the feeling. Uh, we needed a striker to run the channels and to press. Uh, Thomas has left uh, left Ben and the fans down, uh, me included, uh, that is now gone. Uh, within a couple of weeks, uh, we've gone from looking promising to and getting a couple more players into suit Ben's style uh, of play. We could have been looking at playoffs, but come the end of the season now, I'm thinking, uh, will we even come uh, in the top 10? It's season over already, uh, and we're in September. That's from Alan. Thanks uh, for your message. And let's have a look at the uh, couple more tweets as well. Ben said, it looked just like last season, really, uh, really worrying. I don't think it's Stockley's fault. He just doesn't fit this system in a front two. He's a good striker, but right now it's like watching a walking fridge up front uh, and it's not enjoyable. John said it's the same old issues with a different manager uh, saying the same old thing, uh, nothing changes. And then uh, another John says, again, it's a damning indictment of the owner and his big mouth. He said Premier League in five years in late 2020, nearly two years later, uh, we can't even escape mid-table League One. Thomas needs to stop talking and to start helping uh, the club uh, progress. So Jamie said it clearly shows uh, it's the owner and not the managers that we've had. Uh, that's the problem. Noddy said, spot on, I agree with uh, Ben's idea of possession football uh, and that it takes time to work, but this group of players is not good enough uh, to play this way, or does Ben need to play a style that fits the players we have, build up his laboured, uh, clear-cut chances, weak and defensively, uh, we're too open. When Sean Murphy, uh, Sean Murphy says, now when he said that we've made a profit, uh, he's wrong, the Sandguards have made a profit, not Charlton, simply because the money goes straight into Sandguards pocket and not reinvested to the club. I mean, yeah, Dude, are we going to read too much into the fact that the that, that Ben Garden mentioned Tom that we make we've made a profit on transfer fees and not spent any? I mean, he he he's just stating facts. Are you reading anything into the fact he stated that particular fact? The only thing I think you can read into it is: has he been promised some of that money? Was he told if we if we sell X amount, you will have some money to spend, and that's not not been the case, as you say. It's it's pretty cut and dry, right? We've sold players for money and we haven't, as far as I'm aware, spent any money apart from wages bringing players in. So, therefore, obviously in that small sample size of all the ingoings and outgoings within the club, yes, we've brought more money in than we've, than we've spent out. So, personally, I don't read anything into it. I think it's just a fact. I just wonder if he's mentioned it because he's proving, again, sort of laying the groundwork for, for showing what he's been able to do. And we've seen this... We see it all the time, but particularly with managers, obviously Scott Parker, the, the most recent one, who, who then got the boot. We saw Brendan Rodgers do it at Leicester or tried to do it a little bit more diplomatically. Feels like Ben Garner is doing it more diplomatically again. And I don't think Ben Garner is trying to cause a rift here. But I think I was talking about the, you know, Thomas potentially throwing his managers under the bus or, or perhaps pointing the finger of blame if something goes wrong at the manager. I think Ben Garner is just holding his own here and saying, well, look, I, I'm, you know, this is what I'm working with. I'm being realistic here uh, and just making sure that the expectations are managed because mm. we know Thomas, it's very easy for him to run away and say, right, we're going to smash the league or whatever he says. I think Ben Garner is just being a little bit more realistic in, in terms of what he's saying and, and where we are. Yeah, because I mean, Anthony has also made the point that, that he said that's basically what Scott Parker said and he got sacked. So I, I would argue it, it sounded a bit different, but also, uh, you know, you don't know the relationship between the board and... 
Scott Parker, we don't know what that was like at Bournemouth. We don't, you know, you imagine it's slightly different at the Valley. You'd, you'd hope to think so. Uh, anyway, I mean, Stewart says he came across honest and realistic. Uh, also, acceptance of what he has to work with. I just hope that he gets the two windows uh, that he speaks of. Uh, KD says Ben Garner was spot on with his comments yesterday. Uh, we all knew we're short after the window closed. Uh, with injuries mounting up, we'll struggle to finish top six, more likely 10th uh, or below. Will Ben Garner get those two windows? Uh, what happens uh, to uh, when Thomas Sanger wants to cash in on the likes of Lee Byrne and Dobson uh, and the rebuild gets bigger uh, can only see it heading one way and it's not always uh, looking up unfortunately always uh, enjoy the show keep up the good work that's from KD uh, cheers right I'm, I'm going to leave the tweets there we're going to hear some fans bar now um, actually this one from Martin he says us fans who've been called whingers and moaners because we dare to question the transfer policy of club under Sandgard are being proved right uh, blaming the opposition team as in QPR for the failure to bring in a striker is laughable uh, we're now left with the dregs uh, of the free agent market uh, to look at yeah loads more tweets that came in so unfortunately we won't get to them all but as i said type in at charlton live to your search bar on twitter and you'll see uh, many more of those if you want to see what other people are saying let's have a listen to some fans bar now we've still got your emails to come after as well i'm, I'm very wary that we're going to go a little bit over time which i hope you don't mind because i think it's been a really interesting uh, discussion that we've had uh, with, with all the fans who've uh, who've tweeted in and emailed in today uh, but ben uh, uh, tom also you went and speak to a, a couple of fans on the ch- on the coach home uh, from yesterday's game, uh, after that 3-1 defeat up at Bolton, this is what they made of the performance up at the Uni Bowl. Absolutely shocking performance with the defence at the moment. Goalkeeper was making decisions when he shouldn't have been making decisions like that. Making long crosses with what for? Kirk has been messed up. Two, three times, gave them opportunities, and they scored twice from it. Waste of time. Is there any positives at all we can take from a performance like that? Because let's not forget we did go ahead in the game. That was a lucky strike. It was a good strike, actually, from Fraser. That number 29, that young lad, he worked his heart out there today. He actually showed some faith for the actual club, and no one was there to support the boy. Doing substitutions in the 85th minute. What's all that about? (laughs) Good job of going home. That's what I'm saying. We're going home. Oh, I don't know. We're lucky we didn't concede more. We're so lucky we didn't concede more with that. Any positives? Because we did go ahead. <laughs> yeah, we conceded, so there's no positives. Obviously, the coach broke down on the way. You're starting to wish that actually it had stopped oh, us there. I wished we'd stayed in Birmingham, and that's saying something. We're obviously calling for subs at half-time. Why do you think Jack Payne didn't come on at all? Why do you think Miles Lieburn didn't come on till the, the 74th minute? Like, what do you think Ben Garner was thinking with that? I have absolutely no idea, man. I think he's saving him for something, but saving him for what? I don't know. Why do you think uh, Ben Garner took so long to make substitutions? Because it clearly wasn't working. I don't know. and I really don't know why he sit there and didn't do it. Maybe he was hoping that something was going to spark with them, but it just didn't happen. It just didn't happen. There was no spark. And uh, Stockley didn't put himself around. Saki, to me, he's... People love him, but he's too slow on the ball. Too slow on the ball. Obviously, transfer window obviously shut this week as well, and we didn't get anyone in, didn't get a striker, didn't get a centre back. Obviously, just the one goal today, Stockley looking off it. How worried are you now about our ability to push for the top eight, top seven, or even into the playoffs? It's a thin chance. I think we're going to be mid-table this season because we've got no pace up front with a striker. 
There's no strikers in the box. We need them in the box. It's just poor performance today. Absolutely shocking. And last one, obviously transfer window shut. We haven't got a striker in. How worried are you about that? Uh, I'm worried. If Stockley gets injured, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. We need to do something. Good news is we've got a five-hour coach journey home now. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. <laughs> Thank you, Tom, for a very enjoyable and very uh, frank uh, fans by yesterday. Uh, I hope that coach journey home wasn't too bad in the end. Um, I was generally fearing at one point um, when you said your coach had broken down at Birmingham. Uh, we were making jokes that um, if Macaulay, if we'd signed Macaulay Bonnie, would have been able to push the coach up the hill for you because it would give him something to do. But there we go. We, we were just thinking of ways we could blame that on, uh, on on the transfer window going wrong. Right, let's have a look at a couple of emails uh, as well. This one's coming without a name, actually, but it says, you cannot fault the transfer business we did uh, do in the window, but it's the business we didn't do that will be our undoing uh, for the second season running. We're likely to be giving up any hope of promotion by the end of September. Uh, a failure to replace Washington or even Davidson leaves us light up top. A one bag tackle away from Lee Byrne leading the line too early in his career. I'm not one for owners spending for the sake of it, uh, but we've received fees and sell-on fees from which we have uh, we have we could have spent some and we'd still be in pocket. TS talks a good game of ambition, but his actions give every indication that he wants out. Uh, it would be difficult if he is doing a Du Chatelet and trying to recruit his investment with no assets, which remain uh, with Roland Du Chatelet. That one's an anonymous, but a good email. Thank you for that. Dean uh, says... Um, we knew last season that we play 4-3-3, it doesn't work. Adkins ended up uh, dropping Jaden Stockley. Uh, we all know what happened next, but then JJ bagged, uh, played him in a two and he bagged goals. Now, we haven't got a striker and there's no doubt there's one in the free transfer market that suits. Uh, we'll go and look at it and think, right, maybe I'll have to try, change formation to play him in a pair again. I mean, that's a couple of people that have made the point about maybe having to change formation. This one's Dean from, from Lanes Lift Limited. Um, what would you reckon, Nath? I mean, that is... Formation was a discussion that we had a lot last season with Jacko, and I I always felt that when we had the personnel, the formation worked fine. You know, when we had when we had our strikers, or generally our record under Jacko was all right. But when we didn't have our strikers, I guess there was a an argument that we try and change something to make it work. So is that is that the situation here with Ben? Bear in mind we have had some positive displays at times this season with that formation as well. Um. For me, no. I think I think formations we can talk about till the cows come home. Personally, but um, I think a formation is a base. But it's very rare in games that people will stay in that formation the whole game. I think the formation that we've got at the moment can work under the you know under the impression that people get in and around Stockley more. Um, if we can't if we can't play the ball out and we can't build up patiently and move it side to side and drag people out of position and you do have to go a little bit more direct through the thirds, then it can work if you've got people in and around Stockley. So you don't have to have two players, in my opinion, to up top to, to get that. But yesterday, I think Tom said it at the beginning of the show, where Stockley was winning things or he weren't winning, but when he was, you know, Charlie and Jez were too far apart. And I think sometimes you just need to be a little bit more intelligent and say, right, we're not getting any joy staying out wide. So what we'll do is we'll come inside and sit narrower. And they had a free. They had free on Stockley. And if Jez, if Jez and Charlie came more narrow, they've got a problem then because you've got the two centre-halves thinking, oh, we don't want one and one v Stockley. And you've got their wing-back going, oh, do we sit in narrow and then get overloaded on the side? So I think it can work. But 
you need players. And a player that Tom also mentioned earlier was Jack Payne. That's someone you want in and around Stockley because he can pop it. He can pop shots. He's clever. Gives you that energy. But like you say, Lowe, yesterday might not have been a game because of the physicality aspect. But I think the formation could work. I just think we just need to be more in and around the, the focal point. There's no point having a target man if there's nothing off the target because he's not going to chest it from 50 yards out and do an overhead kick. So I think it can work. I just think we've just got to be a little bit cuter when we have to be. Um, but yeah, I, I, th- I think it can still work. We just need a bit of work on it, I think. That word cuter again, telling us to be a bit more cuter. You, you said that to me a couple of weeks ago, didn't you? I did indeed. <laughs> right, uh, Dockers has emailed Gary. Uh, loving the pod as always. Cheers, Dockers. Um, uh, for Garner's comments after the game were pretty significant. I can't tell if it was frustration uh, with the performance or that he was waiting until after the transfer window closed uh, to start criticising Mr. Sangard. I'm hoping it will be uh, the disappointment of deadline day, which bled into Saturday's performance. We can put that behind us uh, next week. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's two big home games coming up. An Exeter team who've taken to life back in League One reasonably well. Uh, and a Forest Green team who, who perhaps not quite to the same extent. But yeah, two really big home games next week, which I look forward to uh, to talking about uh, on, on Thursday on the big match preview. Uh, cheers for that, Gary. Good points in that. Sam says, uh, hi, guys. I feel sorry for Ben Garner. It uh, feels like he's been thrown under the bus uh, by Sangar. We haven't spent any money and we're not going to jump from 13th to winning the league with no investment. Uh, when injuries and players' performances drop to 5 uh, out of 10, everyone that went yesterday... Uh, can see how low the squad depth is, and that's why Ben Garner didn't make any changes until the 74th minute to send a message out uh, to Sangard. Stockley looked uh, very isolated. It didn't look fluid alongside Kirk and Raksaki. I'm not sure he'll score enough goals without another strike partner to run in behind. Uh, defensively, we looked nervous. Claydon positioning was at fault for the goals yesterday, uh, but Garner and his coaching team need time on the training ground and back in to help improve uh, this squad of players. It doesn't look like this season is a promotion-winning season, uh, but going to be more of a rebuild, which won't sit well with the Charlton fans now being a third season uh, into League One. Um, Dom says, "Hi guys," and that is a good point from Sam. You know about expectation level. Uh, realism is the fact that we need a rebuild expectation is the fact that we're in league one and I'm getting a bit bored of being in league one so it, it, and, and that's I'm sure something that's shared by many fans we can't spend every year in league one it goes wrong next year's a rebuild it's like every year a three-year cycle at some point we need to start getting it right uh, and it hasn't happened so far right Dominic says hi guys I wasn't at the game yesterday but quite clearly uh, from highlights and Twitter updates, we were outplayed and outsmarted. Uh, I was disappointed by the result. However, I feel the meltdown is a bit much, especially this is only our second loss of the season. Uh, it's so toxic on social media whenever something goes wrong uh, and it's genuinely draining to read. All fans deserve their opinions uh, and I do agree with a lot of things I read which are rational. Uh, but some of the tweets I've seen and arguments on Twitter between fans are just so abusive. Uh, I've seen a few fans now say they've deleted chat on Twitter because of this. I was cheating. Uh, deleted tweet, I should say. Um, and uh, things are going to... Uh, I think I'm going to do the same. I'm sorry to hear that, Dom. Um, I've already left the Charlton groups on Facebook because of the ridiculous things some people come up with. Uh, have you noticed uh, it's got a lot worse recently and people are so angry? I, I don't know if it's got worse necessarily. I mean, social media, not just in football, but in every every aspect of life can be very difficult, you know, politics or uh, or any anything else like that, even entertainment, people can get down each other's throats. So I don't think Cholton Twitter is a, an outlier to just Twitter overall. You know, I, I enjoy Twitter. I don't get involved with arguments and stuff on there. And I find uh, as long as you meet the right people, then you, you don't tend to need to worry about that sort of stuff. But it can, it can be quite toxic at times. Um, but I, I do understand at the same time the negativity, um, Dominic. Um, 
I, I just hope it isn't aimed at other Charlton fans. That's the thing you don't really want to see stuff aimed at other Charlton fans. Which I think it's a shame because we all want we all want the same thing. But that's, I think that's a fair email, Dominic. Thank you uh, for sending that. And then finally, uh, Steve says, uh, "Is it yet another false dawn for our club?" Yes, of course we're going to lose games, but why aren't we in the top six? Uh, already with uh, Ipswich, Portsmouth and Sheffield Wednesday. Mr. Sangar wants to fill the value. The very first step in doing that is to give us a team worthy of doing it. Ben Garner has seen the light and now admits we will overachieve if we reach the top six. Great. Really looking forward to that. Uh, don't give me still early days, etc. It's the same for Portsmouth, but they have 17 points. Uh, we have nine. Still plenty of family silver to be sold off in the January transfer window to balance the books. That's from Steve as well. Right. Uh, loads of uh, great messages that we've come in. Haven't been able to get to all of them. We have gone... Uh, over time on this week's Charlton Live. So thanks for everyone who, who sent in a message. Uh, as, as I keep reiterating, have, have a good look at our Twitter page and, and what people have tweeted to us because there's loads of really interesting comments uh, that we haven't even got close to coming to because we've had so many today. But thanks to everyone who did take the time uh, to send us a message. Thanks to everyone who's taken the time to listen or to speak to Tom on the coach yesterday. I feel so sorry for anyone who not only had to sit next to Tom on the coach but then had to speak to him as well. So thanks for making that sacrifice to come onto the podcast. Tom and Nathan, it's as always been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, Cheers, thanks boys. for that ringing endorsement. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, lovely stuff. Right, um, I'm Louis Mendez. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Thursday to look ahead uh, to next Saturday's home game with Exeter. So we shall see you then. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,